welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation all over the world. But if not, remember, we are all connected to the same spirit of the one living God, the source of all creation, our mighty life stream. So to not be loved to any of God's creation, for whatever reason, goes against the laws of life and of nature, causing an imbalance in all of creation that must be corrected. Because the spirit of the one living God is love. Life is love. Therefore, everybody, think love, speak love, show love, and be love at your point on this earth and emit the powers of those higher qualities from your mighty I Am Presence back into the atmosphere because it truly matters for all of us. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life and y'all be loved. The gospel of truth is joy to those who have received from the Father of truth the gift of knowing him by the power of the Logos, who has come from the Pleroma and who is in the thought and the mind of the Father, he it is who is called the Savior, since that is the name of the work which he must do for the redemption of those who have not known the Father. You see, the all had been inside of him, that illimitable, inconceivable one, who is better than every thought. This ignorance of the Father brought about terror and fear. And terror became dense like a fog, that no one was able to see. Because of this, error became strong. But it worked on its hillock substance vainly, because it did not know the truth. It was in a fashion form while it was preparing, in power and in beauty, the equivalent of truth. This then, was not a humiliation for him, that illimitable, inconceivable one. For they were as nothing, this terror and this forgetfulness, and this figure of falsehood, whereas this established truth is unchanging, unperturbed and completely beautiful. For this reason, do not take error too seriously. Thus, since it had no root, it was in a fog as regards the Father, engaged in preparing works and forgetfulnesses and fears in order, by these means, to beguile those of the middle and to make them captive. The forgetfulness of error was not revealed. It did not become light beside the Father. Forgetfulness did not exist with the Father, although it existed because of Him. What exists in Him is knowledge, which was revealed so that forgetfulness might be destroyed and that they might know the Father, since forgetfulness existed because they did not know the Father, if they then come to know the Father, from that moment on forgetfulness will cease to exist. That is the gospel of him whom they seek, which he has revealed to the perfect through the mercies of the Father as the hidden mystery, Jesus the Christ. Through him he enlightened those who were in darkness because of forgetfulness. He enlightened them and gave them a path. And that path is the truth which he taught them. For this reason error was angry with him, so it persecuted him. It was distressed by him, so it made him powerless. 
He was nailed to a cross. He became a fruit of the knowledge of the Father. He did not, however, destroy them because they ate of it. He rather caused those who ate of it to be joyful because of this discovery. And as for him, them he found in himself, and him they found in themselves, that illimitable, inconceivable one, that perfect Father who made the all, in whom the all is, in whom the all lacks, since he retained in himself their perfection, which he had not given to the all. The Father was not jealous. What jealousy, indeed, is there between him and his members? For, even if the Eon had received their perfection, they would not have been able to approach the perfection of the Father, because he retained their perfection in himself, giving it to them as a way to return to him and as a knowledge unique in perfection. He is the one who set the all in order and in whom the all existed and whom the all lacked. As one of whom some have no knowledge, he desires that they know him and that they love him. For what is it that the all lacked, if not the knowledge of the Father? He became a guide, quiet and in leisure. In the middle of a school he came and spoke the word, as a teacher. Those who were wise in their own estimation came to put him to the test. But he discredited them as empty-headed people. They hated him because they really were not wise men. After all these came also the little children, those who possessed the knowledge of the Father. When they became strong they were taught the aspects of the Father's face. They came to know and they were known. They were glorified and they gave glory. In their heart, the living book of the living was manifest, the book which was written in the thought and in the mind of the Father and, from before the foundation of the all, is in that incomprehensible part of him. This is the book which no one found possible to take, since it was reserved for him who will take it and be slain. No one was able to be manifest from those who believed in salvation as long as that book had not appeared. For this reason, the compassionate, faithful Jesus was patient in his sufferings until he took that book, since he knew that his death meant life for many. Just as in the case of a will which has not yet been opened, for the fortune of the deceased master of the house is hidden, so also in the case of the all which had been hidden as long as the father of the all was invisible and unique in himself, in whom every space has its source. For this reason Jesus appeared. He took that book as his own. He was nailed to a cross. He affixed the edict of the Father to the cross. Oh, such great teaching! He abases himself even unto death, though he is clothed in eternal life. Having divested himself of these perishable rags, he clothed himself in incorruptibility, which no one could possibly take from him. Having entered into the empty territory of fears, he passed before those who were stripped by forgetfulness, being both knowledge and perfection, proclaiming the things that are in the heart of the Father, so that he became the wisdom of those who have received instruction. But those who are to be taught, the living who are inscribed in the Book of the Living, learn for themselves, receiving instructions from the Father, turning to Him again. Since the perfection of the All is in the Father, it is necessary for the All to ascend to Him. Therefore, if one has knowledge, he gets what belongs to Him and draws it to Himself. For he who is ignorant, is deficient, and it is a great deficiency, since he lacks that which will make him perfect. Since the perfection of the All is in the Father, it is necessary for the All to ascend to him and for each one to get the things which are his. He registered them first, having prepared them to be given to those who came from him. Those whose name he knew first were called last, so that the one who has knowledge is he whose name the Father has pronounced. For he whose name has not been spoken is ignorant. Indeed, how shall one hear if his name has not been uttered? For he who remains ignorant until the end is a creature of forgetfulness and will perish with it. If this is not so, why have these wretches no name, why do they have no sound? Hence, if one has knowledge, he is from above. 
If he is called, he hears, he replies, and he turns toward him who called him and he ascends to him and he knows what he is called. Since he has knowledge, he does the will of him who called him. He desires to please him and he finds rest. He receives a certain name. He who thus is going to have knowledge knows whence he came and whither he is going. He knows it as a person who, having become intoxicated, has turned from his drunkenness and having come to himself, has restored what is his own. He has turned many from error. He went before them to their own places, from which they departed when they erred because of the depth of him who surrounds every place, whereas there is nothing which surrounds him. It was a great wonder that they were in the Father without knowing him and that they were able to leave on their own, since they were not able to contain him and know him in whom they were, for indeed his will had not come forth from him. For he revealed it as a knowledge with which all its emanations agree, namely, the knowledge of the living book which he revealed to the eons at last as his letters, displaying to them that these are not merely vowels nor consonants, so that one may read them and think of something void of meaning, on the contrary, they are letters which convey the truth. They are pronounced only when they are known. Each letter is a perfect truth like a perfect book, for they are letters written by the hand of the unity, since the Father wrote them for the eons, so that they by means of his letters might come to know the Father. While his wisdom mediates on the Logos, and since his teaching expresses it, his knowledge has been revealed. His honor is a crown upon it. Since his joy agrees with it, his glory exalted it. It has revealed his image. It has obtained his rest. His love took bodily form around it. His trust embraced it. Thus the Logos of the Father goes forth into the All, being the fruit of his heart and expression of his will. It supports the All. It chooses and also takes the form of the All, purifying it, and causing it to return to the Father and to the Mother, Jesus of the utmost sweetness. The Father opens his bosom, but his bosom is the Holy Spirit. He reveals his hidden self which is his Son, so that through the compassion of the Father, the eons may know him, and their wearying search for the Father and rest themselves in him, knowing that this is rest. After he had filled what was incomplete, he did away with form. The form of it is the world, that which it served. For where there is envy and strife, there is an incompleteness, but where there is unity, there is completeness. Since this incompleteness came about because they did not know the Father, so when they know the Father, incompleteness, from that moment on, will cease to exist. As one's ignorance disappears when he gains knowledge, and as darkness disappears when light appears, so also incompleteness is eliminated by completeness. Certainly, from that moment on, form is no longer manifest, but will be dissolved in fusion with unity. For now, their works lie scattered. In time unity will make the spaces complete. By means of unity each one will understand itself. By means of knowledge it will purify itself of diversity with a view towards unity, devouring matter within itself like fire, and darkness by light, death by life. The Gospel of Truth Isis Unveiled, Volume 2, Chapter 1 Everyone knows, wrote the great Manichaean of the 3rd century, Voista, that the Evangeliums were written neither by Jesus Christ, nor his apostles, but long after their time by some unknown persons, who, judging well that they would hardly be believed who in telling of things, they had not seen themselves, headed their narratives with the names of the apostles or of disciples contemporaneous with the latter. Commenting upon the subject, A. Franck, 
The learned Hebrew scholar of the Institute and translator of the Kabbalah, expresses the same idea. Are we not authorized, he asks, to view the Kabbalah as a precious remnant of religious philosophy of the Orient, which, transported into Alexandria, got mixed to the doctrine of Plato, and under the usurped name of Dionysius the Areopagite, Bishop of Athens, converted and consecrated by St. Paul, was thus enabled to penetrate into the mysticism of the medieval ages. Says Jacques Ollot, what is then the religious philosophy of the Orient, which has penetrated into the mystic symbolism of Christianity? We answer, this philosophy, the traces of which we find among the Magians, the Chaldeans, the Egyptians, the Hebrew Kabbalists, and the Christians, is none other than that of the Hindu Brahmins, the sectarians of the Petrus, or the spirits of the invisible worlds which surrounds us. But if the Gnostics were destroyed, the Gnosis, based on the secret science of sciences, still lives. It is the earth which helps the woman, and which is destined to open her mouth to swallow up medieval Christianity, the usurper and assassin of the great master's doctrine. The ancient Kabbalah, the Gnosis, or traditional secret knowledge was never without its representatives in any age or country. The trinities of initiates, whether passed into history or concealed under the impenetrable veil of mystery, are preserved and impressed throughout the ages. They are known as Moses, Aholiab, and Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, as Plato, Philo, and Pythagoras, etc. At the Transfiguration we see them as Jesus, Moses, and Elias, the three Trismegisti, and three Kabbalists, Peter, James, and John, whose revelation is the key to all wisdom. We found them in the twilight of Jewish history as Zoroaster, Abraham, and Terah, and later as Henoch, Ezekiel, and Daniel. H.P. Blavatsky those, whoever studied the ancient philosophies, who understand intuitionally the grandeur of their conceptions, the boundless sublimity of their views of the unknown deity, can hesitate for a moment to give the preference to their doctrines over the incomprehensible dogmatic and contradictory theology, of the hundreds of Christian sects. Who that ever read Plato and fathomed his to of, whom no person has seen except the Son, can doubt that Jesus was a disciple of the same secret doctrine which had instructed the great philosopher. For, as we have shown before now, Plato never claimed to be the inventor of all that he wrote, but gave credit for it to Pythagoras, who, in his turn, pointed to the remote east as the source whence he derived his information and his philosophy. Kohlberg shows that Plato confesses it in his epistles, and says that he has taken his teachings from ancient and sacred doctrines. Moreover, it is undeniable that the theologies of all the great nations dovetail together and show that each is a part of one stupendous whole. Like the rest of the initiates, we see Plato taking great pains to conceal the true meaning of his allegories. Every time the subject touches the greater secrets of the Oriental Kabbalah, secret of the true cosmogony of the universe and of the ideal, pre-existing world, Plato shrouds his philosophy in the profoundest darkness. His Timaeus is so confused that no one but an initiate can understand the secret meaning. And Mosheim thinks that Philo has filled his works with passages directly contradicting each other, for the sole purpose of concealing the true doctrine. For once, we see a critic on the right track. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 15 
think you've heard many times the messenger tell of the experience of the blessed master Kuthumi when his life stream was at the testing time, and he stood, as it were, upon a knife edge of two forces. Just a breath could have thrown him into the destructive activities, and just a wave, one wave of love, drew him into the service of the light. And that experience was a tremendous thing. He said in the hour, when he of his own free will, had to make his choice as to whom he was going to serve, which activity of life, he said an uncle whom he loved very greatly and who loved him very greatly, just one wave of the love from that uncle who was thinking about him, made him decide to go the constructive way of life. That's why no one can be approximate how great is the power that can be released, and how great will the love render its service to life, when we pour forth the cosmic call for sacred fire love to strengthen the life streams of those whom we love, be they embodied or disembodied, strengthen those life streams by our love, strong enough to make them desire to go the constructive way of life. So, no earnest effort is lost. Not one wave of sincere, unselfish love, the sacred fire love of the cosmic Christ, not one wave can go out that does not eternally bless life. And that's what the world needs since the world is taking its initiation in love. Surely those of you who understand this law, I'm quite sure you will see what service you can render to many life streams, whom you do not know, may be struggling with all they are, and have to try to hold to the constructive way of life, but the pressure of the mass accumulation of mankind's discord is so heavy upon them because of their own accumulation and, and desires of the past, that the struggle is one of life and death, the struggle to either go to the light or the struggle that allows the destructive force to swallow up the individual into the destructive activities, that sooner or later destroy everything. You cannot approximate the power in just one wave of feeling of love to life, that asks for love, forgiveness, and mercy to strengthen every life stream and enfold every life stream in that sacred fire power of all purifying love, that holds it to the constructive way of life, in the hour of its greatest trial. This is the love, forgiveness, and mercy which the beloved Master Jesus taught, and which every ascended Master not only has taught, but is to life, at all times. Beloved Lady Master Nada, You do not know, and will not know until your ascension, in some of your own experiences when you almost swung to destructive forces. You do not know whose wave of love was the magnetic pull that drew you onto the constructive way of life. So don't ever presume to pass judgment on anyone else. You do not know how much assistance the love of one or more of the ascended host and many times the sincere, unselfish love of some of your family, your relatives, or your friends might have been the delicate touch, and just the small amount of energy needed to hold you to the constructive way of life when you were wavering, and the destructive forces were pulling you the other way. So, from tonight, I hope I may be of service in this direction, because it is one of the great avenues of service which we render in our assistance to mankind through the powers of healing. Applause. Thank you so much. The beloved Mary, all through the ages has been concerned with, and one of her principal activities to bless the people of this world, is that of bringing the purity that always produces healing. The beloved Meta also is one of those who is authority over the healing of all mankind, as is beloved Mary, the great Lord the Maha Chohan, myself, the beloved Kuan Yin, and legions of the healing angels. Therefore, there are great groups of the angelic host who are concerned just with pouring in and around human beings, the sacred fire's power flame to make individuals feel more kindly to life, and more kindly to those who sometimes injure them. This love, forgiveness, and mercy to life must come, my beloved ones, because it is part of the sacred fire's consuming activity to consume the shadows and the substance which hate always creates, 
and densifies and concentrates in and around individuals, until they will not let the constructive impulses of life have dominion through the outer self. The great healing activities of the whole world come under the direction of the great Lord the Maha Chohan and legions of the angelic host, ascended beings who have chosen to concentrate their service to life into the channels of healing to bring purification there, which heals mankind permanently. Beloved Lady Master Nada, 